I want to talk about gratitude. It's, we kind of no, often do Thanksgiving in, uh, in November around traditional harvest festival in the Northern Hemisphere, America and so on, but, um, and then coming into Christmas with the gift giving and then carols and stuff. But um, I, just, I actually feel like the, that God really wants just to kind of unlock something of gratitude as we go into this season, that actually gratitude is the heart um, of, of Christmas. And, and somehow, I don't know, sometimes everything about faith kind of comes into one moment. And, you know, I reckon when I look at this, and I will cry, and what happened, some, some, for me, somehow this is the essence of Christianity nailed into one event, that somehow the goodness of God that I'm so grateful for, I'd want to extend that gratitude to others and even people that we don't know and, and kind of spread something of the goodness of God. And, and, and every, no one else seems terribly impressed, but I'm impressed that somehow everything kind of comes together in this moment, and, and the key that unlocks it is gratitude. And, and, and the essence of Christmas and why, and why we give gifts and what, all of that, why, why do we buy people gifts? The essence is, a, a, is of a gratitude that these people are in my life. Gratitude that, that, that my life is enriched because of everything that's around it. Um, there, was, there used to be a, um, a Christian leader, a guy, Tom Marshall, around in the kind of 80s in New Zealand, and he wrote a book called Right Relationships. And this is not a quote, this is what I vaguely remember, paraphrased from 30 years ago. But he had this thing, he talked about one of the keys to relationships is respect and honour, and he had this great sentence that said something like this, the sense of richness in your life is determined by how much you value those close to you. Again, no one seems very impressed as well. I think that's quite profound. It's like, if you think, man, I get to work with the most amazing people, you're going to feel like your life is awesome. If you feel like, man, I work with a bunch of plonkers, my life sucks, you know. And it's like, the extent that you value the people in your world actually determines how rich you feel about your life. Gratitude unlocks a sense like, my life is great, how cool is it that I get to be part of a church that does something like Carols on Queen? I thought that was the best Christmas service I've ever been to. I'm just, I'm so grateful for the community of people that are my, my life is rich because of the people in my world. Starting to get, you get it? It's like, if you go into the end of this year thinking, man, I am so thankful for my life, it'll be determined by how much you value the people around you. Again, similar, um, you know, Christmas, end of the year. Uh, Christine and I were talking with a couple on Friday, and they were talking about some of the transitions in their life and, and how they'd had stuff had happened, and they realized how much they carried grief and anger and stuff. And we're both like, oh, when we were kind of missionaries in our 20s, our mission agency was really good at processing closure and dealing with transitions. And we learned early on, like, to do transitions well. And the end of the year is a transition, and, and, and it was like, no, no, I need to sit down and go, look, look, God, what am I grateful for about this year, about this season in my life? And to be honest, yeah, what are the things I'm disappointed about? But actually to take time to do both. And then, you know, what have been the gains in this season or this year? 
and what have been the losses. And because and, and life, life's a mixture, there's going to be disappointments, there's going to be losses. But do you know what I just, the other day when I sat down, your mind gets dominated by the couple of things you're disappointed in, and you kind of forget all of the things that have gone so well, and all of the things that I should be grateful for, and all the things I've gained this year. And again, it's like gratitude unlocks a sense of richness in our life. Gratitude unlocks a sense of flow that I take the time and 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 Christmas is expression no I give gifts because I'm grateful for you I take time to and my life is enriched because I take the time to unlock gratitude and I I, I just think I, time out God, I believe God wants to unlock gratitude this morning. I want you to start letting God soften your heart because something special is going to happen when God unlocks a wave of gratitude out of your heart. And so gift-giving gratitude has always been part of Christmas. And a really famous passage, Matthew chapter 2, the story of the wise men. Um, I just want to read, it's about 10 verses, famous story, but to see right from the very first Christmas, this dynamic of, of people being moved in their hearts and their automatic response was to give gifts out of gratitude. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will, be sh- who will shepherd my people Israel. Then it just says, then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them that exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I may... I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the key verse, though. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. From day one, Christmas has been this heart response that just wants to give out of gratitude, out of celebration, out of honor, out of value, out of respect, out of joy, out of awe. And, and, and I love some of the art that's been painted of this. Um, obviously, no photos at the time, but the kind of pictures that kind of show like the guy, just the sense of like wise men, maybe kings, just bow, just totally overcome and bowing down before this little baby and bringing out treasures and handing them uh, to this little child. I love this one, the, the old guy, and they're just kind of down, but in all, I, I can't believe this, uh, this baby is who I know that it is, and this mixture of kind of entranced and, and, and submissive and just, and just overcome with awe. 
Um, this one, the, kind of similar kind of thing. This one looks a bit more scary, creepy guys um, coming to the baby. But, but um, you know, but it's like just these guys like had the, to go, this is the most amazing thing, and we just want to give everything that we have to this child because of what he represents as a gift to our world. And we want to give to him. And, you know, the, the gifts, um, it doesn't record the significance. They were practical gifts. They were valuable gifts. But throughout Christian history, Christians have often interpreted them as being symbolic or prophetic, that the gold represented the understanding that this baby was born to be king. And the frankincense was used by priests and incense, that this was a priest. And there are so many prophecies of a priest king coming. And the myrrh was associated with suffering and death. And somehow the sense that this little baby was God's gift of a royal priest king who would give his life to save our world. And, and in that context, it, it, you know, and, and even earlier in the chapter, they had made clear, you know, and, and this is what they must have understood. His name's going to be Jesus because you'll save people from their sins. This is what he's going to do. But, but then the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with. This was God come to change our world. And, and so it's not surprising if they had some glimpse of that, that, that this is their response. Like, oh my goodness. This is God in our midst, a gift to God, not just God gave it, God's given, him, him, given himself to us, and he's come to, to fix stuff, to change stuff, to set us free, and it's like, all we can do is kind of fall down before him and give him the best of what we've got, and give gifts to him, you know, and, and this fascination, I said, with, could th this is, like, this is amazing, again, Remember what I said? The richness of your life will be determined by how much you value those around you. This is God in flesh come to save the world. This is the most defining moment of our lives, standing before this little child. And we want to give him all that we've got. And we're just in awe of him. And it's so, that's what I mean, it so fits with the whole the nature of Jesus, that in the absence of Jesus, I'm sure this came out of his mind. It's like, hey, I'm not here for you to give me gifts. What about you give gifts to all the other people in your world that you value? Come on, that's a pretty cool thought. Jesus is not here, and he's like, hey, why don't we make Christmas? Why don't, we, why don't you give gifts to the people that you love? Why don't you give gifts to the people that you value in your world? And then take it on to the next. If Christmas started there, it finished with this guy, St. Nicholas, who gave gifts to the poor and the needy. Famous for apparently giving three bags of gold to uh, three young women who didn't have a dowry, so were going to be sold into prostitution. And he gave gifts to them as a kind of justice issue to keep them from there. And it's so, so Christmas has always been associated with somehow the sense of such an amazing gift comes to us. That in gratitude, we just want to give to God, to the people that we love but even to people that we don't know and we're never going to meet, but somehow the spirit of this thing just bubbles over. But the key that unlocks it is gratitude. And I believe God wants to unlock a spirit of gratitude today. And I just want to talk about it in three steps. There's kind of the recognition of life as gift received. Anything good in your life is a gift from God. Anything good that's come to you is a gift that God has given you. 
And then the pivot point is just this to be thankful and gratitude. I Googled the meanings before. Thankful is a bit more dry. Gratitude is a feeling. I, I, I'm so grateful for these people in my world. I'm so grateful for who they are and what they've done. And in response to that, I just want to give to them to acknowledge the gift that they are in my life. I'm so grateful I want to give to them. And I, I just want to unpack that. And I, I want to invite you to kind of let God give you a revelation of the gift that's, gifts that have come into your world and to unlock a spirit of gratitude that then unlocks a generosity. Like, I want to bless the people in my world. And I want to even bless people not immediately in my world because there's a spirit of generosity coming out of a spirit of gratitude that's at the heart of our Christian faith. Let me just show you this, this first thing. Recognition, and Pastor Sam's already talked about this, everything in your life is gift. You know, John 3.16, most famous verse, for God so loved the world, he gave. He gave, and he gave his son. You're here because of a gift of the son of God given to you, those magi in the presence of a little baby recognize, I invite you to recognize it today. God gave himself for you. Um, you know, Jesus picks this up just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. God is a God who gives. God is a God who gives himself. God is a God who gives the most valuable thing that he has to you. You know, the way, again, this is over and over a thing. I'm just going to throw a whole lot of verses at you for a minute. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God. Christianity is about gift. The essence, that's right, this is about the essence of faith. God has given us a gift. His son, himself, salvation, eternal life. Revelation picks that. Come, the one who, is, who hears, say, come, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Christianity is about gift. We believe in a God who doesn't sit up there in anger. and We believe in a God whose nature is to give and to give gifts to people and to give good gifts to people and to give life to people. And we dare to believe at the heart of our faith is a giving God who gives gifts. Ephesians 2, son of sons, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not yourself. It's the gift of God. Everything good that's of God that's come into my life is not because I earned it, not because I deserve it. It's a gift. He just, he just decided to give me the most amazing thing, his son. And I love how it goes on. Uh, for we are God's handiwork or God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good work. He, he's given me purpose. He's given me destiny. He's given me significance. He's decided he's going to gift me with a life that could be beautiful and meaningful. He's, like, he's given all, he's decided to give all of that. And, and Christmas is that celebration. We believe in a God who gives. You know, Romans 5, complex kind of theology of Paul, but the, he just sums up the whole deal in one word. It's all about gift. You know, for the gift is not like the trespass. If the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness 
I love that there's a simplicity, the other side of complexity. If you'd sat down with Paul and said, how would you sum up Christianity in one word? He'd go, it's a gift. Everything's a gift. It's all a gift. It's all a gift to you from God of the most precious, of the most valuable thing. Yeah, and the Bible unpacks this even more. Come to me, all your weary, weary and heavy, I'll give you rest. Part of the gift is rest. Part of the thing he wants to give is rest. Part of what he wants to give is peace. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. How do you deal with a God who just keeps giving nice things to you? His life, his peace, his rest, his my son. Like, what do you do with a God who bombards you with gifts? You know, it goes on, Romans 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given, and he's given you himself in the Holy Spirit. It's like he's a God who gives. Uh, I love this, you know, Romans 15, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, you may be like, you don't know my year. Yeah, but you're still here, right? You're still standing. Even that was a gift. He's given you endurance. He's given you encouragement to keep going. You know, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Yeah, I celebrate the good things because that's a gift from God. And the, the bad stuff doesn't come from him, but he even gives me the strength to go through. He gives me the encouragement to go through. He gives me like anything in my life that's good, that's here, is because it's a gift from God. It's like the essence of faith is gift. When we see Timothy, the spirit God gives us does not make us timid, but he gives us power. He gives us love. He gives, he's like, I'm going to give you whatever it takes for you to get through this season. I'm a God who gives. And I give you even the keys of the kingdom. I give you my authority to unlock good things in your world. I give you this. I'm giving it, you know, and, and even the whole theology of spiritual, we have different gifts. You, any talent that you have is not yours, it's a gift. You didn't decide I'm going to be a clever electrician or architect or cook, or, but God decided he's going to give you gifts. We got, no, got nothing of credibility, anything in my life that's good was a gift that he decided to give. God is a God who gives good gifts that comes up so don't neglect your gift which was given you know i remind fan into flame the gift of god each of you should use whatever gift you as like oh, my whole life is about standing here being bombarded by gifts from god eternal life salvation the holy spirit peace joy rest strength endurance encouragement spiritual gifts purpose destiny community like this should blow this should mess with your head we serve a god who's a god who gives gifts to people you know james says this every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father anything good in your life is there because it was a gift because god decided to give it to you every good thing is a gift and that's why I mean, just life, we just hunk it down and, and, we, and we lose track and we get focused on the negatives. And at this time of the year, there's this invitation to step back and to open our eyes to the gifts and to allow gratitude. I'm so grateful for you. So grateful that I'm in your world and you're in my world. So grateful that we get to do this together. 
I'm so grateful, God, for every good gift that's come my way. I'm grateful. I can feel like it's starting to sound a well up. <laughs> it's like, I'm grateful, God. I'm grateful, God. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my church community. I'm grateful that I get to do life with these people. I'm grateful that I'm still here. I'm grateful for your grace and your mercy. I'm just grateful for your gifts. You know, I love uh, Jesus says this, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Are you grateful this Christmas? Probably not if you don't, don't take time to stop and reflect and allow God to remind you to do a list. Yeah, this is what I'm disappointed about this year. This is what I'm grieving the loss of. But actually, this is what I'm thankful for this year. I'm so grateful, God. I didn't, you know, in Romans, Paul says the main problem with humanity is God was just looking for someone to say thank you, and no one did. It's all he asks, which kind of goes on to the next one, actually. If, if there's a recognition of life as gifts received, you didn't deserve that career. You didn't deserve those gifts and abilities. You didn't deserve those hobbies. You didn't deserve those kids, that spouse, those friends, that e-group, this church, wonderful leader. We did. Those are all gifts. And if I could open my eyes, and then that would lead to being thankful and expressing gratitude. There's a whole lot of verses about gratitude. I'm not going to look at them all. But an interesting one, Colossians 3, in a brief, you know, we often wear, uh, you know, the call to praise, the call to give. But there's a call actually to be thankful. So three times in these verses, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. See, thankfulness is the, is the pivot that unlocks the flow. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Anyone got any gratitude in your heart today? Man, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my kids. Thankful for my granddaughter. Thankful we've got another grandchild due in April. Thankful that my wife's found her sweet spot this year and ministry stuff. I'm thankful for the team I get to work with. I'm thankful for life and health. I'm thankful for the opportunities. I'm just thankful, God. And, we, you know, it's just, and But then here's the thing. This process, there's a recognition of life as gifts received that triggers a, a response of gratitude, but in Christian faith always leads to a response of generosity and gifts given. I want to honor you by giving you a gift that is some small token of how much I appreciate you, how grateful I am for you. I, I, I did a bit of a Google search, and Matthew, it's interesting if you Google Thanksgiving uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, there's four times Jesus gives thanks. Interesting, he immediately then gives something. So the feeding of the 5,000. You know, sitting down on the grass, taking the five loaves, two fish. He gave thanks, and then he gave. Feeding of the 4,000, took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and he gave them. More significantly, the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it. 
This is me given to you. And the fourth one, when he took a cup and he had given thanks, he gave it. Something in the heart of Jesus goes, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now I just want to give this to other people. That's why I say this is at the heart of our faith. This is all of our faith coming together in one moment at a response of the goodness of God to me. I'm so grateful. I just want to give to others. You know, Philippians, interesting, Paul says this. They'd sent him, he's in prison. They'd sent him some money. I've received full payment of more than enough. I'm aptly supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, then he just says this. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Jesus is not here as a little baby for us to give gifts to. That's what's so cool about Jesus. He loves the fact, hey, just give them to other people. I love that. That's what Jesus is going, yeah, I'm not here, but it's the same spirit. Love them. Now, now, for all that I do to you, just give to other people. Treat them. Do something nice for them. Show how much you love them in your world. Just give gifts to them. You know, Matthew 6, 3, when you give to the needy, it's not if you give, it's an assumption. You, can't, you couldn't possibly have apprehended what God's done for you and not do things like this. Because this is how faith, God gives us wonderful things and then we just, we just want to give. We want to give to our loved ones, but we want to give. We just want to unlock a wave of generosity and giving because God has given us so much. Now he goes on, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those of leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, just freely give. He's like, hey, I'm just going to give to you. I'm just looking for one thing, that gratitude would unlock something in your heart that you just want to give that to others. You want to give it, even as you enter a home, give it your greeting, give it your blessing. Wherever you go, just, just inject goodness in that place. God has unlocked a revolution of generosity and goodness through a little baby born 2,000 years ago. And all he asks, if you would apprehend the gift to you, you would unlock giving to everyone else in your world and we would change our world you know Matthew 25 the righteous will answer him Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something Jesus just says this or when did we see a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and close you when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you the king will reply how cool is that the king the king will reply truly I tell you Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did for me. So Jesus looks at this and goes, thank you for the gifts. You're going to woman's refuge, they're going to some kids that you'll never know. But Jesus says, thank you, because you did it for me. And I take it as you gave it to me. There's a, there's a passage of uh, two chapters. I'm just going to kind of finish... Uh, with this, Second uh, Corinthians eight and nine, Paul is taking up a big offering to give to the churches. And chapter eight, he talks about some of the mechanics, how they're going to gather the offering, how they're going to transport it. Chapter nine, he starts to challenge them to kind of give. And there's the passages that we know really well, like remember this: whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly; whoever sows generously will reap generously. You know, give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written, they've freely scattered their gifts to the poor. 
Their righteousness endures for it's like he's he's kind of encouraged, and we've heard this a lot around giving and sacrificial giving, and and like oh this is part of faith, and and then it goes on now he, famous verse again he who supplies seed to the sower bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. And we often stop at verse 11. But the two chapters finish in the next few verses. And this is his conclusion to the whole chapter. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is overflowing in many expressions of thanks. It's like this was never just about a pragmatic thing. This was about unlocking an overflow of giving, an overflow of thanksgiving, an overflow of generosity. This was about unleashing something in our world that started on Christmas Day. Verse 13, And because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, Others will praise God for the obedience. Oh, man, that accompanies your confession. Like, do you see what he's wanting to unleash? I gave a little baby my son. And if that could touch your heart with a, gener- a, a gratitude... You would start giving and that would unlock another wave of thanksgiving and gratitude and generosity. And this thing would become an unstoppable force of goodness in our world. And it goes, and for your generosity and sharing with them and for everyone else. Verse 14, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And this is his conclusion of two chapters of taking up an offering. It's not like, yeah, we're going to meet the need. Yeah, we're going to do something. He goes right back to the foundation. Like, seriously, this is the last verse of chapter 9 after two chapters about raising offering. This is his grand declaration. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Everything starts out of a sense of the gift of God. Anything we do just is an overflow of the gift of God. One of the commentators says this, the term that he uses, indescribable, signifies this gift cannot be recounted, cannot be narrated or told. and implies a story that is beyond all telling, a story that again and again calls forth amazement, wonder and praise that God unleashed a gift on Christmas Day 2,000 years ago. And if we would allow our hearts to respond in gratitude and, 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 and then give to those we value in our world, What a beautiful place this would be. Thanks be to God. Not that we met a need, not that we, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's not surprising that Christmas starts with that kind of sense. God, I can't believe you've given yourself, you've given your son, you've come into our world. I just want to bow before you, but I want to give you. And it's not surprising that Christmas ends with this guy and with this. We just want to give out of gratitude for what he's given to us. Tom Marshall says that the sense of richness in your life is determined by how much you value those close to you. God has been incredibly good to you. He's just looking for someone to say thank you and to pay it forward to some people in your world. You know, I know this time of the year can be pressure for people. Um, It's 
So I just want to, just some brainstorm, so like, you go, but I don't have money to buy expensive gifts. I, I, I can't do what I want to do. And I was just thinking about some of the ways that we can express gratitude. Some of these are the classic kind of love languages. The gift of words, it's not going to cost you anything to actually take time to write a card. And just rather than this presence for such and such, take some time. When our kids were little, sometimes we'd get them to write a card to each person in the family and just say what we appreciated about them. You know, I know Pastor Helen and others are good at getting people to make speeches. What do you value about each person? Just a text. Hey, just thinking of you. I so appreciate you. I love that you're in my world. You're such a good friend. Just a letter or an email, even speak to where Christine and I were at a wedding yesterday. One of the things I love about Equippers, actually, I learned from Pastor Jake Langridge at Scott and Leela's wedding, is he's like, man, part of Equippers' culture is we honor people. I get people heading into weddings to prep their speeches. Because, I mean, the, you know, must, if you know Pastor Matt Gregory, it was his, he's going to cry at anything. But this, he cried most in the speeches. And it's lovely when we, we affirm people with words. They're not going to cost you anything, just a few tissues. But why don't you think about expressing your gratitude to the people in your world with some words? Gifts of service. Again, when we were little and we didn't have lots of money, we'd often give the kids vouchers like this voucher entitles you to get your room tidied, you know, three times or something. Thank God they used to lose them all on Christmas Day, but, um, but that's a good idea. Maybe you're like, hey, I noticed your lawn's getting away on you. How about I come down and help you out? Um, just like... Uh, we, my wife and I kind of care for my mum who's in Christchurch in a rest home and just on Tuesday she had a, a, reg, a two yearly appointment for, she's got Parkinson's disease and my wife's like, oh yeah, I'll come down and take you to the appointment. My mum was so appreciative just to take time to care for people in our world. Which kind of links the gift of time. You know, again, vouchers, this entitles you to a date with dad or granddad or something. Taking time for dates, holidays. and games. Our, our son turns 30 uh, in February and he's expecting their first baby in April. But we were talking about, he, one of the things he said, he remembers the road trips we would do as a family and the holidays that we would have. What about dad? What about close the computer and go and play cricket? I don't want to play Monopoly. That's going to take hours. Maybe play with a Monopoly game. What about doing some things like that? The gift of special gifts. It's not about the value. It's the care that you took because you knew that this would mean something to the person. It's not about rushing in at 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve and throwing money around. What about thinking about what's the gift that would mean something to them? What about the gift of affectionate touch? I remember, say, you know, the skin is the largest sensory organ in, uh, that we have, and yet many of us live lives where we're never touched. Again, to be honest, think about my mum, who, you know, my dad left when, she was, when I was young. Uh, she's never remarried or whatever. I, notice how much when our kids were little and grandkids, she loves hugging and holding them. What about just giving someone a hug, a slap on the shoulder, the gift of touch? What about to Jesus, the gift of devotion? 
Romans 12, in view of God's mercies, in view of his grace, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. God, I just want to give you my life. God, 2020, I want to pursue you at another level. What's the response of gratitude that comes out of your heart? And the final one, I was just talking to Pastor Sam, is what about thinking just the gift of consistency? Again, you know, um, my dad left when I was little and every couple of years at Christmas there'd be this big box of presents arrive and because you're little it's all exciting. But kids aren't dumb, we knew that it was mum who was there day after day going to work and paying the bills. We're not filled by a big box of presents by a dad who never turned up. And I just want to honour maybe particularly some of the mums. Part of your gratitude to God is the gift of consistency you give to your kids. You just turn up day after day. And you don't feel like it. And you just want to... But also dads, you don't walk out the door. You stay there. As Pastor Sam said, you know, often at um, college, going into holidays, we're like, hey, don't do anything stupid over the holidays. <laughs> Pastor Sam often, you know, don't let your drunk uncle decide your 2020. We're all one decision away from stupid. What about just deciding, no, no, my gift to God, my response of gratitude, is I just want to walk faithfully after God. I want to honour my family. I want to honour my relationships. I'm so grateful.